This is a quick disclaimer. Although the wise investor is trying to educate people on personal finance, what we talk about on the show is not actually financial advice for your personal and unique situation. Before trying to do anything with your money, always consult a professional. Hey, this is Anthony. And I'm Sal. And you're listening to the Wise Investor Podcast, where we help Canadians become more financially literate one post at a time. This is What They Did Not Teach You in School. This episode of the podcast was recorded on April 4th, 2018. Hello? 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 Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of What They Did Not Teach You in School with Sal Longo and yours truly. It's been a pretty interesting week in the stock market the last five days. And housing market the last 30 days. A lot of volatility and media out there talking about different things. Today we're going to try and summarize that into something really digestible for the everyday Canadian to understand. Topical news. Spotify. Most people use Spotify. What are Online you? Online music streaming service. Are you a Spotify guy? I'm a Spotify. I'm obsessed with Spotify. How about you guys? Apple Music. Apple Music. Spotify. 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 Yeah. Spotify. I'm Spotify too. So apparently, Spotify went public. Something called an IPO or initial public offering, which means that they release shares on the stock market that you could purchase. They did it in a weird way, but how did they do it? Uh, they didn't go with the normal like investment banking approach where you sell uh, or the investment bankers would sell the shares. They kind of just put the shares on the market and people just bid for them and people were selling for them. But what you need to know is Spotify's co-founder became one of the richest guys in Sweden. I believe he's now worth $2 billion plus dollars just from taking uh, his company public on the stock market. Really nice. A lot of people uh, think about you know IPOs and oh I want to invest because it's Spotify. Usually companies that go IPO they really try and sell themselves. You know. True. There is data though that shows that IPOs typically are priced lower than what they go for like a few weeks later. So I know it might be just the hype and the buzz and things like that, but. There is some research that they price it a little bit under that what the actual market price is. I was a buyer of the Facebook IPO. Did you hold since then? I held, but it it didn't uh, create value for 11 months. True. So it was down for 11 months before I uh, turned a profit. True. So... So it, it can, always it can, like it can go it could go either way, but just understand the risks and yeah, don't put all, is, don't get all caught up into the hype and like blow all your money on an IPO. You yeah, know? one thing I one thing I've noticed that people tend to be biased towards buying investments or companies where they know how the business works because they use it or they love the brand, but you know that's not always the best reason to invest in a company just because you know it and. You believe in, in what they're offering because there's a lot of bright minds studying exactly how much income or revenue and profits the company's going to do throughout its time. So always be a little bit, you know, cautious. Cautious. When it comes cautious. To IPOs. Yeah. Um, also, we had a little conversation this morning, Sal and I, with two friends of ours that have been 
investing in marijuana penny marijuana stocks in Canada. Uh, and I just wanted to take a minute or two to discuss that. The pros of investing in marijuana stocks, what's the industry looking like, and some things that you should definitely be worried about. Um, do you want to take a stab at this? Because I have an opinion on uh, yeah, go for it. I haven't investing. been very active in it, but uh, obviously I'm familiar in it. There's a couple big companies. I'm not even going to name them because it's irrelevant <laughs> to name them. Um, but marijuana investments have been really speculative, meaning a speculative investment is when somebody invests in something because of a feeling or a... Um, it's not so, data driven. Yeah, not data or scientifically driven. That's a speculative investment. Marijuana invest, marijuana company investments are speculative. It does not matter if, oh, I know this company, yada, yada, they're making a deal with Shoppers Drug Mart. That doesn't mean anything. And the reason is because really it's the, the Rockefeller story of him and the concourse, you know? And I'm actually going to say that story again because it's almost worth it. Go for it. So... J.D. Rockefeller, one of the richest people in the world. There's, it's like a fable, a story. And There's some conspiracies about him as well. We're not going to judge him as a person here. But, but it's, a good, it's a good investment story. So the investment story goes as follows. J.D. Rockefeller and his business partner were in the concourse down below the condo, you know, their uh, office condo building. They were getting their shoe shined. And there was a shoe shine boy. And he didn't know that this man was the richest man to ever live, you know. He was just shining his shoes. And he said, oh, sir... Um, can I give you a stock tip? And uh, Rockefeller humors him and says, yeah, sure. Uh, what's your stock tip? And the shoeshine boy goes, X Railroad Company. The company is irrelevant. Uh, J. Rockefeller goes, oh yeah, thanks very much. The shoeshine boy says, it's going to go up. I got a tip from one of my friends, this and that. I read it in the newspaper that they're going to be building a railroad across the United States. Rockefeller goes up. To his office building with his business partner and he tells all of his traders to get rid of that stock and they were holding that stock and they said sell the stock and the reason for that is because if the everyday person thinks that an investment is good usually you should be doing the opposite and thinking that the investment is okay. bad let me let me talk to this a little bit let's deconstruct it a bit yeah so i want to tell people when you're buying a stock or a company, you're buying a little, little piece. And people forget this, that's why I want to bring it up. You're buying a little piece of the pie, a little piece of the profits of that company. We can all agree that, right? Now, what people think is just because a company is profitable, meaning it makes money, that it's going to go up in value. Now, this is a myth, okay? Hear me out. Because what you're buying is you're buying the expected profits of that company. So for instance, if I'm buying McDonald's share at $100 a share, there's all kinds of information that's saying McDonald's is going to make, I don't know, $40 billion next year. If McDonald's still makes $35 billion this year, your share is probably going to drop. And now people go, why is that? They still made money. But what we want to tell our viewers and those people playing in the stock market and things like that, there's so much information from analysts, CFAs, PhDs, PhDs statisticians that talk to CEOs of that company, understand the operations of, of that individual company, know the legalities, understand the risks, the return expectancy over a hundred year span plus, and they have better information than the individual person 
you, me, your neighbor, this person giving you a stock tip. So be very cautious when some person on the street is telling you to buy into it. Just because it's gonna be profitable doesn't mean the stock's gonna go up in value. Nothing rattles me more than when somebody tells me that an investment, a stock is a good investment because they read something in the Globe and Post or the Globe and Mail or like the Financial Post. And the reason why that upsets me so much is because there is like high tech, high tech scientists and mathematicians and computers, uh, computer engineers that are determining the the investment opportunity in a in a, in a company. That's right. And if you read one article, usually they don't even read the article; they just read the title of the article, and they think just because of that, it's a good investment. Now, now I do want to argue though that if you're on a Canadian business magazine or Financial Post or something, and there's some cool stocks for that year that, oh, maybe 100 top stock picks of that we're providing, a lot of the time those are educated, informed individuals that are giving those tips. Now, don't go put all your money on that, but that's all I want to, wait, let me finish. I just, you're right, I don't want to, I want to argue that that is a lot better than Joe Schmo telling you about X Railroad in 1920, or now Joe Schmo telling you about X marijuana stock in but 2018. It has to do with the fact that when you read that, the stock has already moved to that to that prediction. It's true, right? So it's you read the article three days after it comes out, the stock price has already reflected that two months ago. Because that's when the investment bankers and the people that are actually doing all this research find out about it. Yes. Right? So by the time you read the post and then go buy that um, that stock, it's already too late. True. So what we, what we want to emphasize price. here is the stock that's trading on a stock market is priced in based on all the available information that is out, including these articles that you see on Canada Business, Top 100 Picks, including all these analyst reports and things like that. So for me and you to sit here, and we're having a conversation with some of our friends or clients or whatever, talking about a couple of stocks that you heard is going to be profitable, one, does not mean anything in relation to the price, and two, there's so much information that people that know how to make decisions with that information that are making that informed decision whether to buy, sell, or hold. And I just want to bring it back to the fable, okay, because, or the story. J.D. Rockefeller owned the railroad company stock, yes. right? A majority, yeah. Of it. Yeah, so he owned the railroad company stock, but when the shoe shine boy told him that it was a good investment, that's when he sold it. Exactly. And the reason is because the people that actually make money on these things are the portfolio managers, the analysts, and they make money because they learn all that information first and they buy it right away. Exactly. When it gets out to the mass media or the mass population through uh, mass media, this kind of information, it's already too late because it's been reflected in the stock price. That's right. So what can we do here? What we're trying to say is if you're managing money, always trust a professional to do it for you. Um, try not try to limit your fun or gambling or speculative investing to a small amount of your portfolio. This way, you're not getting into some trouble. Because what we because what we see is people, young people especially, taking you know ten twenty thousand dollars. That's all they have, and investing it into these marijuana stocks purely on speculation. Exactly, and that's where you get in trouble. Let me end with this. Just because it's going to make money doesn't mean the price is gonna go up. 
Let's right. talk a little bit we'll about the housing back. market before yeah. we wrap up. There's some new data that came out, funny enough, from the Financial Post uh, that shows <laughs> oh, that's showing that the uh, Toronto prices have declined the most in 30 years. Since Why? Why is this happening? Well, and how much? I'll actually say that number. It Toronto's housing on average right now declined 17 percent, one seven percent. Since last year. Since last year, thank you. And that decrease is the most since 1991. Now they said 30 years, I guess they have, they rounded up, I'm not sure, maybe don't always trust 1991 was actually one of the uh, last times that interest rates went up. Exactly. So, you know, we could, it's definitely, you know, some of it, obviously the interest rates going up, we've been talking a lot on our show and to clients about the stress test and how that's impacting how much people can get from the banks as a mortgage. You also have, you know, um, employment's pretty decent, but you have different taxes and things that come into effect. But what it is, I think, and that it's, a, it's definitely an opinion, it's not fact, but I think when you have all those things coupled with psychology, you start seeing some great decreases. We've been talking in this show about what impacts the stock price of something. There's the actual price of what a stock should be. And then the rest, the fluctuation from that price is purely psychology, right? Yeah. So I think houses had a decline of 17%, probably 8%, 10% of that. I'm throwing numbers sure. out here. 8-10% of that are really scientifically backed. And the remaining 10-7% is purely because people are afraid. That's exactly what we see. And um, when you have all these different rules and mortgage rules, people already expect things to go down a bit. So if I'm expecting things to go down and I'm a buyer, I'm going to be like, I'm expecting things to down, go down. I'm not going to buy. I'm going to wait. So when you have, it's almost like a compound effect. When you have so many people waiting to buy because they expect things to go down, which rightfully so, you have it going down more because you have more supply of homes on the market not being bought. So things typically tumble, tumble, tumble. Now, I really want to just talk quickly about how this can impact the economy. And we're not, we're not here with crystal balls or anything like that. We always tell people I'm not a psychic, but we do make sometimes informed, spec, like informed kind of uh, arguments as to what could possibly happen. And when you have housing markets kind of going down, what ends up happening is people start getting fearful and you have houses typically are a middle-class family's biggest asset we can agree right if if you know a lot of families their biggest asset is their house if that decreases 17 percent as it just did let's call it 20 percent my million dollar house that's pretty average now in toronto gta is now worth eight hundred thousand you know, when I go shopping now, I'm like, wow, my house now is where you're telling me my house is worth 800000 So I'm not a millionaire anymore. Am I going to go buy, you know, I always say Gucci slippers. It's pretty silly. But am and I going to go buy Chanel and all these crazy consumer products? Probably going to scale back a bit. And that's why we've seen such a bull market, meaning the market has been going up so much in the last five years because Canadians have all becoming millionaires because of their real estate holdings. And they feel like they're millionaires, right? So they go out and they're taking out lo uh, loans from the equity in their house to buy nicer cars, buy nicer stuff because they feel like they're millionaires. 
Now we've already seen, and we heard a story from one of our clients this morning that they were pricing out something, they're a tradesman, and the person was like, oh, stock market's down, real estate's <laughs> down, I don't want to spend that much money. But if this was a year ago, I bet you they would have said yes they would feel more rich. So that's called the uh, housing effect or wealth effect from houses. And it's also to do with interest rates. When interest rates increase, it's also, the, it's also the current uh, debt load of Canadians. That's right. For every dollar they make, it's one point seven loaned out. We all we all get that as well. Really quickly, I just wanted to quickly talk about what happened inside the stock market the last two weeks. Again, stock price is actually set at a certain. It's scientifically you can determine a stock uh, stock's value, um, but fear and greed is what makes the stock price more expensive or less expensive. And we're in a state of fear right now. And the reason is not anything to do with actual fundamental, in my opinion, fundamentals, but has to do with what's happening with Donald Trump and the Chinese government. Uh, Donald Trump, obviously very nationalist, um, is putting tariffs, uh, trading tariffs on trade. So obviously China is one of the biggest trading partners for a lot of countries in the world. Donald Trump put tariffs to stop companies going out and using the exchange rate and everything like that to do business in China. And then China put tariffs back on the United States. People got scared and we've seen a lot of sell-offs happen in the stock market recently. Stock market was down two to 3% this morning and it ended up being positive by the end of the day. The moral of the story is ignore the noise. If you're investing your money in the stock market, it still is a good investment over the long term, like anything that's well diversified and it's actually a great time to buy because the stock market is so cheap and that also applies to real estate as well exactly you know if last year things were a lot more expensive and people get in the market when things are more expensive why not start looking for opportunities now that prices are on sale or exactly and that's the that's the craziest thing that we see when people are investing when things are overvalued they're buying and when things are undervalued such as right now Except, except for the very, very wise and smart billionaire investors. They typically do the opposite, and that's why they are where they are. Exactly. Until next time, people. This is Sal Longo and Anthony. What they did not teach you in school. If you have any questions, you know where to find us. Peace. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, at thewiseinvestor. Until next time, this is what they did not teach you in school. We hope to see you soon.